0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of ThinkPeace with me Max Bernell. This time around we'll be continuing with the theme of artificial intelligence and coming up you'll be hearing my conversation with Dr Thor Magnusson who uses generative composition and AI techniques in music creation. Thor's a senior lecturer in music at the University of Sussex where he conducts research into the impact of technology on music creativity and practice. He's also the co-founder of live programming project ICSI Audio, available at ICSIAudio.net. He teaches workshops in creative music coding and sound installations, and he gives presentations, performances and lectures at art institutions and universities across the world. We talk about the challenges and potential benefits of using computer systems in creative fields, and examine what role a machine can and may in the future play in the arts. So without further ado, I present to you Dr. Thor Magnusson, Think Peace, Episode 6. So first off, could you just sort of tell us particularly what it was that sparked your imagination with AI and uh, music creation I I was interested in understanding
1: AI because I was interested in the human mind, in the philosophy of mind, and artificial intelligence is almost like a mirror of the human mind. It's interesting to try to understand how to create an artificial intelligence in order to understand human intelligence. Um, It's like an interesting kind of exercise to try to understand yourself through that. And of course we've learned a lot about ourselves through this, through the creation of artificial intelligence. For example, 30-40 uh, years ago we thought that chess was the the ultimate goal of human intelligence and when we had computers that, was, that could beat us in chess we would be you know, we would be really good at computing and we would have these fantastic robots or AI systems. But then of course when uh, the Blue, uh, Deep Blue uh, won Kasparov in chess, you know, the, the, the chess master, uh, Gary Kasparov, in, I think, 84, um, we realized that we weren't that good at AI at all, you know. Uh, chess is just a part of what makes us human, you know, that type of logical thinking. So another goal or a signpost that popped up then was uh, creativity as something that makes us human uniquely human and computers could never be creative so that's kind of an interesting challenge for computer scientists then to understand creativity what is creativity and if we can formalize it obviously we can write the you know an ai system for it the question is whether we can formalize human creativity and how it works. Um and, and, and all these questions, you know, all these kind of discoveries that we're finding along the way are really important for us to understand ourselves, you know, in terms of human psychology. So it's really understand I, I mean I'm interested in the human and the human mind, but and and human creativity, but artificial intelligence and artificial creativity are excellent tools to reflect upon what it is that makes us human.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Um, And I've heard some people almost criticize the field by saying it's almost a human vanity project, (laughs) (laughs) But it does seem that we we learn a lot about ourselves by sort of building the systems that replicate how we do things you know yes so So, um, perhaps you might have already touched on it but and from your particular discipline how would you define artificial intelligence
1: well there are certain techniques or technologies that people use to to, um, solve certain tasks and you can define artificial intelligence from something very basic to something super complex. Some people will define a a heat monitoring system or a cybernetic system as as artificial intelligence. Uh, Simple rule-based systems like um, how to control the trains in this country, you know. Um, That could be defined as artificial intelligence flight control or whatever but these are rule based systems then it goes all the way up to what we now call deep learning or machine learning where we have neural networks on super fast computers and um, the systems are learning through non-symbolic symbols or, or not through rules but through kind of discovering in a way like a child discovers the world um, the systems are learning uh, through being trained and, and these systems are obviously much more, much harder to understand um, and there are, within each of them there are all kinds of techniques that uh, researchers and developers use and they choose those techniques depending on the task. What is it that they want to solve? So um, I don't think it's possible to define it in very general terms, except some kind of um, you know system that can adapt to rules or follow rules I don't think it makes sense to try to define the term artificial intelligence too much you know it's, it's very
0: unique uh, to its application where it's used yes that's mm. certainly been my experience so far speaking to others mm. I've had um, I've had rather different answers from each person I've asked the yeah. question and it does seem that it's very um, as, as the field at the moment does seem to be very in these very specialised areas yeah So, um, when did you start experimenting with sort of AI techniques in music? Uh,
1: Probably in 2001, 2002. So I was um, interested in generative music. So music that had some rules and would kind of execute different manifestations of the piece every time it was played and there are many ways of doing that obviously but I was interested in trying it out using code as the notation and I could share the music with people who could run the code. Later a friend of mine and I uh, Runa Magnusson, we created a, a CD-ROM that could be played on computers that was in two thousand Three, I think, where we released a CD-ROM and people could just put it into their machine and listen to music that was always different every time it was played. Mm. So I was very interested in this uh, idea that the computer could render a unique instance of the piece every time it's played. I thought it was interesting in terms of the ontology of music. What is music if if it's always different, you know, and is the computer then an interpreter of a score, just like a human interpreter is an interpreter of a musical score? Mm. The only difference being maybe that there's um, the format of the score, you know, you know blobs on page
0: for the human, but code for the computer. That's fascinating. Mm. So, so, in the actual reading of the code, it's almost like a, a unique performance each mm. time. So, a different cellist playing the same piece would come out with a slightly different yes. thing, but even more so, I suppose, with this. Yes. Stuff. I'm
1: sure some instrumentalists would get rather offended by this comparison, though, because there is, of course, a lot of knowledge and skill in interpreting a musical piece. And that's not something that we have in computers. You know, the computer interpreter is is um, impersonal and doesn't have much scope for for you know creative or expression in its own interpretation, but that could change. We could program that type of interpretation into the computer interpreter. So, at some point in the future, we're gonna have um, simulations of famous interpreters musical interpreters and we could listen to a Beethoven piece as played by someone or as played by someone else and there could even be a slider where you you know do a bit of this person and a bit of the other um, so these these kind of things will no doubt pop up in the future where the computer will learn the unique uh, performance te- technique of, of uh, human interpreters, cellists, pianists, you know. So let's, uh, let's listen to, you know, Arvo Pert with a bit of Glenn Gold
0: <laughs> interpretation, you know. That kind of yeah. ideas we can try out. That's an exciting future. Um, mm. So how exactly do you use AI in, in, or how have you used AI in your music production? Um, would it be possible to listen to a couple of examples? Or yeah, for example some Twitter pieces that I was just talking about. Yes.
1: It's not really AI, but it's a generative composition. This is a piece that I, I composed for a French composer called Eliane Radik. And she makes this wonderful drone music with her synthesizers. And this piece here um, is kind of a simulation of her music, but it's always different, it always evolves and uh, it can take you very interesting places. It's less than 140 characters, but, um, but it's a rich musical piece I think, so let's just listen. This piece evolves and, and uh, I find it hugely interesting listening to it's it. It's incredibly
0: powerful, there's a lot of layers there. Yeah. So so just to describe what we have on the screen here. What we see are some unit
1: generators that generate waveforms like sine waves and saw waves and so on. And they have filters as well. But what I do here is to layer um, lots of... Um, uh, unit generators together so we have we're actually listening now to 436 different waveforms all to, all together mixed together and all that is is just created through um, a loop kind of four loops so you can you can kind of spawn uh, innumerable versions of the same kind of um, recipe. It's almost like this is the recipe, and, and the, the inst- we get instances of, of sound. Um, so th- it's a very complex sound, just like, um, could have a, so to say, a complex bakery. If really use the recipe metaphor.
0: It's very multi-layered, isn't it? Yeah.
1: I could show you another uh, of these piece called uh, Arguing Oscillators. Um, this piece, I was interested in kind of um, exploring whether these sounds could have almost like human character in the way that they interact and so on. So in this piece, you will hear oscillators, or kind of sound generators, in each of the speakers. And you should be able to hear, uh, yeah, the oscillators argue. Let's see.
0: It's all being generated in, in real time, essentially. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the the computer is interpreting the code and generating this. So the next time I would play this it would sound completely different.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um and I love that. I love the fact that you know, it's never the same, the piece is always different, but I, s- I would still recognise it, you know. I would recognise the piece.
0: Yeah, so so it's completely unique each time yeah. each time that you play it. Yeah.
1: And I think it's interesting for us who are working with music and musical technologies is to think about the media formats that we have. So when we have in our pockets media players that are actually processor based, like our phones, uh, they are little computers with screens. And they allow us to write music that is interactive location sensitive, it could sense the time of the day, it could sense where you are if you're moving or not, the music might know how many times you've listened to it it might know how many times your friends have listened to it so the music can know a lot about the world you know, the piece itself and then the question is for us as a composer whether we use this data to yeah, incorporate in the musical piece. Is it interesting that the piece has that kind of life? So the piece is not a deterministic, linear uh, MP3 file or whatever that is just played. It is almost like a system that
0: evolves. How do you see your own role in that relationship? It's, it's almost like you're, you're working together. You and the computer are working together to come up with this yeah. music. Yeah, and, and the audience as well,
1: maybe. The listener uh, can affect the piece, you know. So it depends on how much interactivity you open up for the listener. Uh, I am interested in all these possibilities, but at the moment I, I am not working so much in them. With all these possibilities, like like creating the apps and so on. Think there are quite a lot of people doing that, but it's still very experimental. It's still early days for that kind of nonlinear generative music.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: This is something that has been, you know, experimented with in in academia and in the hacking kind of cultures for for five decades. But it's now that the media devices that we have allow for this to be kind of executed without any any trouble you know it's easy for us to do this today so we have in in popular culture we have for example people like Brian Eno uh, being a brilliant advocate for this type of music he he understands the potential very well and he's, he's brilliant at kind of explaining it to to people mm-hmm. It was a great interview with uh, Jeremy Paxman, with Brian Eno. I recommend that you look it up. You know, but he's trying to, you know, explain to him the the potential of this type of musical thinking.
0: Mm. So, m- many people say that sort of AI really is um, best at very, very defined tasks, and um, music obviously isn't perhaps as as much defined as something say for example like chess might Mm. be there's not a clear winner and a loser Mm. it's obviously a more subjective endeavor so how effective do you feel that AI can be in creating music and being creative
1: yeah
0: well music is many things and
1: I think some music has very clear uh, uh, role or function, for example, dance music. You know the the function might be to get people to dance on the dance floor. And uh, how do you do that? If you go to a nightclub and you listen to the music that is being played, you can detect the formula for it. And if you can do that, you can basically generate the system that does that. Um, so you can come up with dance music very easily. What is harder to do is to come up with good dance music (laughs) you know excellent something that is amazing and that's because every dance producer dance music producer you know whether it's dubstep or house or whatever they have a unique style in the way that they use the filters or the compression or you know so it's harder to write that kind of style into the ai system but but that would be possible in the future as well you know Mm -hmm. And I think these producers are not going to be fighting the AI. They're going to be applying and using AI in their own work, for sure. They're going to be playing with AI and using AI as their serving techniques. Mm -hmm. But then there is other music, of course. I mean, dance music has a function. You could say film music has a function as well, you know, to trigger certain emotions in certain parts of the film. And there are systems that do that as well. But then there's you know of course experimental music where you you don't know the the goal that's the kind of definition of an experiment you know is to to see where it takes you you know to try things out and so on and i don't think we will ever have an ai that does experimental music um, not anytime soon at least you know that type of system would have to have a, some serious connection into. Human culture, and understanding of human culture and how things evolve, but also have some kind of a sensitivity, an idea about its role in in the in the larger system of things. You know, it would have to have almost um an idea of death.
0: You mm. know that survival and and death. You know. So. so is that the idea that you really have to? Um you have to be conscious in a way to be able to create some art is that the is that the idea sort of? you have to be aware of your place in the world to be able to p- create art in that sense yeah you might say you might say that for 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 good art or experiment
1: experimental art but i I mean let's say that dance producers are also artists you know and they but we could still come up with a system that makes dance music you know so so i I think it's dangerous to work with too strict definitions on, on or or that you have to be conscious or not. Maybe we can quick, you know, in the soon we can come up with a system that actually produces decent music, um, and we might not even know whether it's made by a human or not. There are there are such systems. I'm sure you're aware of them. We can look at them later, but. But some of them produce music where you you wouldn't necessarily be sure whether the system created that music or your student. You know, mm-hmm. it could be a human, it could be an AI technique. Mm-hmm. So we're already there um, with with some music. You know, so almost a musical Turing test. Yeah, yeah. I think we've already passed the musical Turing test for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a famous kind of anecdote of. Of um, I think his name is Episcio. He created a system called Choral, which was a specialist in Bach compositions, and this system apparently fooled Bach specialists in in um, whether a new found musical piece was actually written by Bach or not. And most people in the audience in that conference believed that this. That this new piece of music was actually composed by Bach mm. because it had all the Bach characteristics. But there were some people who thought that it sounded too much like Bach. It couldn't be him. <laughs> and that's often what happens with these computer systems. Yeah. Mm.
0: Okay. It's <laughs> yeah. very interesting. So, um, what do you see as being some of, the, some of the real benefits of using AI in composition?
1: Well, it's fun. It's an exploration of what we can do. It's a challenge. It's a scientific challenge, like you know, climbing Mount Everest. You know, it's it's some. It's a worthwhile task. It's interesting, but there could be benefits. Like yeah, if you're making a film, and you need some soundtrack. You know, documentary about whatever. You know, a farmer growing some plants. You know, you need some music. Uh, you could have an AI system generating fine music for your documentary uh, without having to pay a musician.
0: I believe there might even be a company, Juke Deck, I'm not sure. If yeah. Based in London, I think, are doing a similar thing, I believe. Yes. Where you sort of key in, um, you can be as specific as you want or go completely random. So you can either say, I'd like something that's happy at, at a particular tempo mm-hmm. hit generate and it will come up with a completely original score yes and uh, yes yeah, so and I've sort of seen
1: such systems as well for film scoring where you have sliders of happiness sadness tension and so on yeah so you, you can kind of watch the film and you, you draw these kind of sliders oh. underneath and the system generates music wow according to that Okay. so we're already there <laughs> so uh, yeah but it's not necessarily interesting music mm-hmm. you know it is music but not very good music perhaps <laughs> <you
0: know? laughs> some humans write bad music as well you yeah. know? so, yeah. sure. <laughs> so um, on the flip side of, of, of that uh, what, what do you suppose are the major constraints of using AI in music composition what is it that AI struggles to achieve that humans might find easy AI can be used in so many things. One
1: is you know, computational creativity where the AI system is just generating the music. Another thing might be AI as a co-player, so a system that is part of what you do with your instrument. So the, the instrument could then have AI. Or it could be some kind of um, filtering, adaptive uh, effect, audio effect so the reverb might change depending on what you're doing so I think it's hard to talk about AI in general you know we can apply AI techniques the machine listening techniques in all levels of, of oh. our musical practice so I think if you're asking about what is difficult with AI then I think is to, to simulate the human you know that's difficult what is easy to do is to maybe respond to human um, playing maybe the instrument can learn about how you play and adapt to that it could even suggest things for you to do depending on what you've done in the past and so on, all that is easy to do But, but to be genuinely creative like a human that's that's the challenge at the moment it's an interesting challenge yeah I think I think AI can be used everywhere in the musical composition and performance process and it can be easy to create these techniques but it's it's the simulation of the human that's hard mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I suppose there's a common argument that sort of says to create successful art you know you need to have the intention behind it, and perhaps that's based on your experiences, your human experiences, you know, um, grief, joy, all of that, and mm. um, as AI systems can't really have that, does that sort of mean that it's incapable of creating, you know, it's always going to be, I suppose, a criticism, that it's incapable of creating, quote, real art in that sense, would you agree with that still
1: Um, No, I would not agree with that. For the reason that many artists actually are not interested in emotional elements in their work. You could see the serialists of the 20th century or John Cage with his aleatoric music. Where he's definitely not interested in expressing emotions in in the music. So we could easily set up AI systems that do that kind of music. I think an AI system could look at visual arts for example and come up with beautiful things that have been done in the past but, but to be connected with reality as it is you know the political, socio-political reality of, that humans are so embedded in is, is something that the computer cannot... We, we can't design that at this point in time at least so, so the system would not be able to have that kind of understanding of culture. It wouldn't... It wouldn't suddenly be angry because of something. It would have to be the programmer that is angry and, and generates, you know, a system that is angry. Mm, mm. Or produces angry art, you know. Mm. But perhaps you could, at some point, maybe not so far away from now, you could have your computer read certain poetry or novels or whatever and be influenced by it you know? mm. it could tell you whether it's sad poem or not mm. Mm. and try to generate music out of that yeah I think we might not be too far away from that you know? yeah. but one thing is to say yes AI can do music it can generate music it can compose music another thing is to, to talk about quality you know? I'm quite happy to say that AI can do music but not necessarily mm-hmm. good music you know but as I said a
0: lot of humans don't produce good music either <laughs> so it almost always has to have sort of a human uh, quality control element on it. <laughs> yeah yeah it's almost like s- there's a survival of the fittest in music
1: you know what what is what what works but you still hear a lot of bad music mm. around you know so um
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> a difficult question, that. Is that perhaps an issue? Because um, I know a lot of AI systems work in so far as they try and quantify the world or put it into a language that can be understood by a system. Is our idea of what is good and bad in music, is that really quantifiable in that sense? You know, can, Could a computer ever know that its creation was good or bad? Well, it could know by analyzing how many people listen to the music and whether
1: they turn it off quickly or they enjoy it. So, we could build a system in, that analyzes listener behavior and, according to that, evolve things through genetic algorithms, evolve music that fits, you know, ideal listener behavior. This is something that is already being done with, you know, with the Netflix and so on, they're looking at, at viewer behavior, when do they stop watching the movie, when do they take a break, you know, when do they watch again, Or yeah. and so on. So, this is analysis of uh, user behavior, viewer and listener behavior that, that can easily be formalized and, and used in, in composition.
0: So in that sense, could we ever get a computer that learns in that sense and then is able to iteratively generate better and better music until one day we have a computer churning out superhuman music that no human composer could ever really dream of coming up with? Yeah, it can learn, it can improve itself.
1: The humans work in a way that we get very tired of stuff, you know, so... We got tired of punk we got tired of you know disco we 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 move and it's hard for the computer to know where to go next you know and i'm not sure if if they have a good antenna for you know future steps but that's where maybe it could have input from humans Mm. if if we're talking about computational creativity here you know there was a musical in in the West End recently. Did you hear about that? I did and see that. Yeah. By Android Lloyd Webber.
0: <laughs> yes. Nick Collins. Fantastic name. Yes. <laughs> That was in. That was entirely created um, by AI, wasn't it? Like, yes. Because yes. I believe that the ev- everything about that the music, the you know the actual words and the script. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely generated <laughs> artificially. Yeah. Fascinating yeah. stuff.
1: Interpreted by humans. Yeah, yeah, yeah!
0: Amazing. Um, <laughs> so uh, that kind of leads me on to another question I have. Um, how sort of widespread is the use of AI in um, in the musical domain at the moment? Is there many people working on these sorts oh, of projects? Um.
1: Good question. There are conferences like computational creativity and. Uh, Music information retrieval, mu what is it? Machine musical creativity conference. I would say that almost every university in in the Western world has someone working on AI and music. Well, quite quite a big percentage of it. But I feel I'm a little bit talking from within a, a silo here because I it's hard to have an overview of how widespread it is. Mm when you're so engulfed in, in, the, in the culture. There are lots of people and it's, it's very experimental at the moment. We don't have a, a particular format. And that's probably the, the problem with this music, is that uh, there is no category on iTunes for AI music, or generative music, or computationally creative music. Uh, There's not even an art category on iTunes or or Google Store, which is uh, on the App Store, which is rather uh, peculiar Mm. considering how
0: many artists actually produce apps. Is it quite a controversial area to be working in? Um, Do you get this sort of division between traditionalists and people experimenting in this field? Is there a clash there or is it generally quite well appreciated? Uh, my experience
1: is that people are curious and happy to, to you know, look at it. It's not like AI is um, yet taking anyone out of their job. You know, it's um, you know when the Moog synthesizer was made in in the seventies, the the musicals sessionist union in in uh, in the U.S. They kind of Got very angry and they were they were really against the the synthesizer because they thought it would take their jobs, which never happened. Um, and I don't think we have any such response to AI probably won't happen because it's not just in in human society that sorry in in the arts or in music that this is happening. It's happening everywhere in society. I mean, bots are gonna be driving taxis in the future. Mm. They're going to be driving buses and trains, selling tickets, doing a lot of these jobs that that we used to do. So the question is how
0: does society deal with that, Mm. I think. So I suppose you you might have some people say that the sort of arts and obviously music as being a part of the arts might be one of the last sort of areas where we can really be where being human is really valued over being a machine, you know. If we have automated taxi drivers and um, bankers, etc., perhaps much more focus will then be placed on, on the arts and more subjective endeavours.
1: Yeah, hopefully so. I, I, I kind of think what you're saying is very interesting and nice, but you also have to note that it's very important that AI is very human. It's a human creativity that created AI, it's perhaps the most excellent human invention. So whatever you like, you know, a nice church organ or some beautiful clockwork or some invention, you know, a poem, a Shakespeare play has a lot of craft and invention and and you know brilliance to it and so does an ai system so perhaps if shakespeare were, was living today you know he would be writing ai systems because he's creative he's innovative you know he's intelligent and that's where he would find an outlet for his creativity today perhaps you know so so i'm basically saying to you that that AI is perhaps superhuman, and a good example of what what is to be human, and, and, and we should celebrate it as an achievement
0: of human culture, not as something that is playing against us. Mm. That's a very interesting point. So perhaps you don't think there's any danger that anytime soon AI is going to replace human composers entirely? <laughs> well as I said earlier
1: if you're a young filmmaker and you needed a little soundtrack for your documentary film and you don't have the money and your friend is busy your musician friend is busy I think yes you could use an AI system to produce that music you might even not care so much about the music so so you could have yeah so yeah I mean it's replacing humans in that sense but I don't think it's I don't think AI is the biggest problem. I think there are many other bigger problems, for example, how the music industry runs and so on. So, so that's yeah, an interesting question, and it's hard to see in the future how things are gonna evolve
0: with that. Okay. Um, on a sort of uh, general sort of issue, um, it's got lots of different names. Um, you know, the singularity or the coming superintelligence, as Nick Bostrom uh, describes it as being. On a personal note, as, as a person working in this sort of field, how likely do you think it is that we are going to get to sort of human general intelligence? Now it's a bit of a side question, but what's your thoughts on the subject?
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I, I have no idea, um, I, I, I'm, I'm a musician, <laughs> I, I'm not the kind of cognitive scientist that could answer that question. Yeah. Um, 30 years maybe mm. singularity we want we will have a conversation with someone over the phone and we wouldn't know whether it's a bot or not mm. we couldn't detect it from the voice not from the answers yeah yeah i don't think so um
0: So maybe that was a bit of an unfair question <laughs> no jacket. no it's just inter-
1: interesting it's an interesting question why not product? why not ask yeah. it yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we already, as I said, we already passed the Turing test in some ways, for music. You know, some computer systems have created music that is, that that you would think was made by humans. Mm.
0: So you would hear it and in, in no way be able to to distinguish it as being computer. It's got all the sort of feeling and everything that you would associate with a human, yeah. human artist.
1: Yeah especially if a human i mean if, a, if the computer composes the piece and you have a human interpreting the score that interpreter is going to and you know influence and, and kind of express themselves so 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 the music certainly sounds very human mm, mm. even if an ai system created you know the the,
0: so the score so perhaps that's one of the most interesting areas it's where it's where humans are working with computers and vice versa it's yeah. this sort of interplay between these two types of intelligence almost that, yeah. are, that are creating really interesting avenues yeah. to be explored in I music and the art. I
1: agree with that I think AI is is a, is a tool it's not a substitution of the human it's a tool for humans to do things so we're gonna work with AI as our, as our t- tools we're not gonna feel threatened by AI as as something that replaces us. That's my prediction. Mm. And I think the design of an AI system is, is almost like a composition. You know, you are composing a system that that makes music.
0: You mm. know? Fascinating stuff. Is there anything else you'd like to add that we haven't covered? No, much, I think or?
1: you've had very interesting questions. And and um, in short, I think there are so many different approaches. we've talked quite a lot about computational creativity but there are so many uses of ai in all areas of music it can be from from something super small like fixing pitch in a singer's voice to to actually you know creating a whole piece or a a choir piece you know where the ai is singing every voice (laughs) so yeah it's it's very hard to generalize and, and there are different tools for different purposes different ai techniques for different musical problems so that that's basically my my answer is that um we can't really
0: talk about ai in general terms so particularly what are, what are some of the specific areas you think are worth looking into
1: well this goal of creativity is i find super interesting because it's um it's what we try to aim at you know, it's the, it's the challenge that, that came up after we discovered that chess uh, was easy you know, so creativity is, is the next challenge you know, how do we create a creative system? I find that very interesting. Uh, thought it's kind of a thought experiment. I'm not sure I would like to spend all my time trying to come up with such a system But I find it very interesting to see what is going on in that field. But then AI in every area of musical performance, as I said, you know, it could be pitch correction, it could be suggesting what chord would come after these chords that you've just played, it could be uh, the system suggesting certain keys for certain, you know, emotions, or, you know, basically AI as a helper for the composer or the
0: performer. So there you have it, some thought provoking ideas and slightly eerie sounds there. Thor produces some really interesting work so be sure to check out some of his other pieces and projects online. Next time we'll be hearing from leading AI researcher Professor Mark Bishop, so much more fascinating stuff to come. If you'd like to get in touch, as ever, send an email to contact.thinkpeace at gmail.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter, and to subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes. And of course, remember to get sharing and liking. So, thanks for listening, and until next time, I'll leave you with some more strange sounds by Dr Magnuson and his wonderful machine. Take care.